Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. The changing of the guard, the closing of doors, letting go of the past. God is declaring to us his people, his church, his ecclesia, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans 12, verse 2, and is the B clause of that scripture. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, and I'm going to read the NIV version of the scripture. The Apostle Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, the scripture I just read you, verses 13 and 14, he's describing exactly what God is calling us to do in this time. And he said, he started off by saying that he's not saying that he himself has taken hold of this, but he's telling us what he does. He forgets what's behind him and he's strained towards, and that is so key. You have to press towards that which is before you. You have to have to press toward the future. And he he's looking for a prize. He's talking about looking for a prize for which God has called him. And he's called him heaven, heavenly, heavenward, just like he's called us heaven, heavenward, where Christ Jesus is. It's, it's beyond this world. It's upward where Christ is. See, if you don't let go, if we don't let go of the past, the future would not come for us because we will be left behind operating outside of the appointed time that God has for us. The appointed time that God has for us to experience greater levels, greater dimensions in him. So we must press, as Paul mentions, press and strain. To move forward, upward in Christ Jesus. That's very important, especially for the times that we're living in. Because like I said, if you don't let go of the past, the future will not come to you. You won't experience the future. Now, Daniel describes in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. And I'm going to read the NLT version of the scripture. Daniel is praising God. This is a prayer that he offered up to the Lord because God had answered his prayer for an interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Daniel says, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. Did you hear that? Daniel is describing in his prayer the sovereign power of God. 
the God that we serve. He first of all praised him and said that he lives forever and ever. And he is the everlasting God. He is from everlasting to everlasting. El Olam, the everlasting God. That's who Daniel is referring to in this prayer. And he talks about how God has all wisdom and he has all power. Now, this is what's important. God himself controls the times and the seasons. He controls history. He controls what happens in the earth realm. And he raises up some kings and he pulls down some kings. I mean that individual kings, he really raises up all kings, all leaders, and he sets down all, all leaders, all kings. God is sovereign. And it's important for us to understand this, what Daniel is, is, is pointing out in this prayer, because as we follow God, his declaration that I shared earlier of there's a changing of the God. There's a closing of doors. The seasons is changing. And he's declaring that we be transformed and have our mind renewed so that as he changes the times and the seasons, we are in sync with God. We're in agreement with him. We are fulfilling the divine purpose that he has for our lives for that particular season. See, God closes old chapters in our lives. He shuts doors. And no one can open those doors. He guides history, as I said earlier, and he created time. Yet he lives outside of time, yet he governs it. Today's episode of Phyllis is a New Creation is how are you building your life? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul states, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Did you hear that? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3.10, he's speaking about how you build on your life. Talking about how are you building your life? Now he states, he's laid the foundation. And once he laid the foundation, other people will build on that foundation that he's laid. But he says we need to be very careful or take heed how we build on our lives. Now in this particular scripture, I looked up the word architect. Because when Paul speaks about being a master builder, in the Greek, it's speaking about architect. Now architect comes from the Latin word Architectus, and you spell it A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-T-U-S, Architectus. And that comes from a Greek word, Architecton, and you spell that A-R-C-H-I-T-E-K-T-O-N. Now that word, Architecton, is broken up by two parts, Arch, which is A-R-C-H, and that means to be the first, the one who commands, and Tecton, T-E-C-T-O-N means a mason or a builder. So Paul is speaking about in that particular scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, when he says he's a wise master builder, he's an architect, architecton. That's what he's speaking about. 
What am I saying? God wants us to be wise architects, as Paul said that he was, as we build our lives. And Paul goes on to continue. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 11 through 14. And it is the New King James Version of the scripture. It reads, now he continues to expound here on why we are to pay close attention to how we build our lives. He says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Paul speaks right there that Jesus Christ is the foundation in which we lay. And we build, he's the foundation that is laid that we build our life upon. He goes on. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Did you hear that? Paul is describing in this scripture that if our foundation, which should be Christ Jesus, if we build upon Christ Jesus on things that are not eternal, Things that are not of the spirit. And he says, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 12. He said, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. In other words, if you're building your life on those things that have no eternal value, things that are worldly, worldly things, things that point to yourself, things that are prideful, things that are material, material things of this world, things that build you up, but doesn't build up other, doesn't point people to the Lord Jesus. Those sort of things, and he named some of them, stones, wood, hay, straw. When you go before the Lord Jesus, he talks about the day. And when he talks about the day, he means when we go before the Lord Jesus, and I'm speaking of those of us who are of the household of faith. If what we have built on, God is going to test that work and he's going to test it with fire. And that way, the Lord Jesus would know the type of work it is. For example, you can have someone in the body of Christ who has a huge ministry, who has a, has several mega churches, who's on television each week, who's on, 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 on Facebook, who's on social platforms, who's known all over the world, who has millions of members in his or her church. But if the foundation is not laid on Christ Jesus, because everything that you see that's big is not necessarily of God, even if it's something that's offered up to God, such as a church. So what Paul is saying here and the point I'm making here, talking about how you are building your life. If you build your life on those things that are not of God, that are not eternal, when you go before the Lord Jesus that day, he will test it, your work in fire what sort of work it is. And if it's not the work in which it builds on him, and if it doesn't endure, if it's not eternal, he will burn it up. The work will be of no value. It will be as, as, as ash. He will burn it up completely. And it doesn't matter how big your ministry was. Doesn't matter how famous you were. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many followers you had on Twitter, Facebook. Doesn't matter if, if they call your name up in the White House and you went and you prayed before 22 presidents. None of those things matter to God. What matters to him when the Lord Jesus is looking at us and the work 
I'm speaking to those who are in the household of faith. If our works were not built on solid foundation of him and what he has called us to do, it will burn. It will have no eternal value. Now, if your work that you've built on in your life, that you're offering up to the Lord Jesus, is built on things that endure, the things of the spirit, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. If there be any virtue, there be any, any praise. If your thing, the foundation and the things that you build on in your life are things that are eternal, when you set your minds on the things above, not on the things of this world, when you live a life that's totally submitted to God and the things of God, those things you will receive a reward for. Talking about how are you building? How are you building your life? Now, remember, I'm speaking of those who are of the household of faith. I'm speaking of those, in other words, who are saved. This is how we will be judged. We will be judged on the work that we did in the earth realm. Were we doing what we did for God? Or were we doing it to build a platform for ourselves? Talking about how are you building your life? You see, Paul is describing how the Lord Jesus will ultimately judge our lives here on earth. As I said, the work of we, the ecclesia, his people. It's critical that we are doing that which God has ordained for us to do in this life. Some of us may be doing things that we enjoy doing, what we like doing, which we feel are profitable, but are they the things that God placed us on this earth to do? He may place us in an obscure place with a church which has maybe 25 members, but if you are doing what God has called you to do there, if you are ushering with everything that's within you, if you are watching over the children in the nursery, speaking into their lives, showing them an example of godly living. That has more reward to God and will not be burned up versus someone who just built a huge ministry and had millions of followers and preached to the White House, preached to the United Nations, went all over the world. Yet God says, you are lifted up. Talking about how you are building your life. God is going to be the ultimate judge. And how we live, it matters to God because he created us for a purpose. And that purpose he created us for, it affects all of creation, all of creation. That's why the scripture says that all of creation is mourning and it groans, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Talking about how are you building your life? We have an adversary. We have an enemy. And this enemy is seeking whom he may devour. We have a world system. And it's a world system that is at war with God. And it, and it is at war with us who are the people of God. We were not placed here in the earth to get along with the world system, to make covenant with them. 
for us to remain in the church, behind the walls of the church, and not engage the culture. We are here to speak wherever we are, what God says about every matter, every matter. And when I say speak it, sometimes you speak it without saying anything. Your very presence, your integrity, your love, your compassion, your interactions with other, it speaks volumes of who you are and what kingdom that you are representing. Talking about how you build in your life. The world system is at enmity, means it's at war. It's the complete opposite of God and the things of God. And when I talk about the world, it's the works of the flesh. It's the things that build up mankind. It's the pride of life. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes. It's the pride of life, as I said earlier. Lust is desire out of control. So whenever your flesh, your flesh is driving you, the cravings that you have is driving you, your appetite is driving you, that is of the world. And that's what the world system traffics in. It traffics in the flesh. What it does is everything that God creates, God creates it in righteousness. When in creation, when God created the world, he said, it is good. He said, it is good. And he created us in his image and likeness. But when the world system taints something, it always taints something that God created. It, it puts a twist on it. It makes it out of what it want, it's, want it to be. An example is marriage. God clearly, in his word, showed in Adam and Eve. When God created Eve, he took her from Adam's rib. He created her and he brought her to Adam. And that's when Adam said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he called her. Adam called her. He named her Eve. And God placed them together in the Garden of Eden. And he told them to be fruitful and multiply. In that scripture, he says his wife. God created marriage to be between one woman and one man, one man and one woman for life. That is God's definition of marriage. But the world's definition of marriage is it can be one man, one woman, two women, two men, and in some cases, three people. It continues to evolve, but it continues to go further and further away from God's definition of marriage. Talking about how you build in your life. That is an example of the battle of two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom and the God of this world. And the kingdom of God is built on righteousness, on truth. And the kingdom of this world is built on lies because they're from the father of lies. Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning and he didn't abide in the truth. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. Jesus is speaking of Satan. And so the world system is of the God of this world, which is Satan. It is complete opposite of God and the things of God. And that is why I said earlier, you cannot make a covenant with the world. Talking about how are you building your life? You've heard me before refer to this system as a Jezebel system. And Jezebel, of course, just to remind you, she was the wife of King Ahab, 
in First Kings chapter 18 is when she's mentioned. And that's when the prophet Elijah went up against the prophet of Baal. And they were Jezebel's prophets and also the prophets of Ashtoreth. Jezebel, if you study her in 1 Kings 18 and 19, you can study her. She was married to King Ahab, who's the king of the north, one of the kings of the northern kingdom of Israel. And she came from Sidon. Her father was F. Baal. He was a priest of Baal. So speaking of Baal, that God. So the two got together in marriage. King Ahab, northern kingdom of Israel, of the people of God. And Jezebel. And what she t attempted to do was to usurp. That means to take over, to grab for herself, really his leadership. She wanted the people to not worship God, the one true God, Yahweh. And she wanted them to worship Baal. So she had these prophets. There was a, they, they actually had a places where they actually did sacrifices to Baal, temples for Baal. What am I saying? Just like the spirit of Jezebel, she she was an actual person in First King, but the spirit of Jezebel, her spirit, attempted to take over and usurp the power from King Ahab and from Yahweh for her god Baal. That spirit is still in operation today. The person is gone, but the spirit is in operation today. And we see that in our world system. We see a system, a Jezebel system, a system that's attempting to take over, to usurp, to grab power that it, that it does not have. Talking about how are you building your life? In a Jezebel system, a system that tries to usurp and take over and rule what it does not have authority, there's always confusion. There's always disorder. There's always rebellion. There is an antichrist spirit. But see, we are not ignorant of Satan and his devices because this spirit of Jezebel is satanic. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, and I'm going to read the New King James Version of the scripture. It reads, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Talking about how are you building your life? I want to speak to those people today. Who does not know this God, this God who's concerned about how we build our lives, this God is even who is even calling them to himself this day. You didn't listen to this message, how are you building your life, by coincidence. God himself drew you to hear this message. And if you know that I'm speaking to you, repeat after, after me, please. Heavenly Father. I know that you're concerned about how I build my life. I know that's why I heard this message. I know that Jesus died on the cross. And he died on the cross and he took on all my sins. And I know that you raised him from the dead. And I'm asking you today, Heavenly Father, to save me. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I'm opening up my heart now. And I ask you, Please save me. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for Phyllis is a New Creation. And remember, Phyllis is a New Creation exists so that you would know how to apply the Word of God to your everyday life. Today's message, How Are You Building Your Life, was from the throne room of God. 
God is concerned about how each and every person on the face of of the earth is building their life. And he's asking them to open up their heart so that he will come in and he will sup with them and they with him. You can find Phyllis's A New Creation in Google Podcasts. Just search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, apostrophe S, A New, A-N-E-W, Creation. And don't forget to put the word podcast after your search. Thank you so much, those of you who are continually to listen to Phyllis's new creation. And you're also continually continuing, excuse me, to send it to people. Continue to, to send the link to everyone, just like you've been doing. And for those of you who like to share and sow a seed into Phyllis's new creation, I have a cash app. And my cash app is dollar sign pan EWC. Again, that's dollar sign P A new C. And for those of you who would like to write, you may write Phyllis is a new creation, 4846 North University Drive, Suite 237, Lauderhill, Florida, 33351. Again, that's Phyllis is a new creation, 4846 North University Drive, Suite 237, Lauderhill, Florida, 33351. Heavenly Father, thank you for every soul that you drew here, Lord, to hear your message. And I pray, God, that every person that hears how you build in your life will build their life based on a solid foundation of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Have a wonderful day.